Let's talk about the balance Kamala Harris will bring to the decision-making in the White House. Let's also discuss why there are only 155 UK professors in the UK out of 23,000. What about Africa and Australia not yet receiving the vaccine? And a whole lot more. This is Pablo from Hackney, and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for joining Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. Just one small positive thought in the morning can change your whole day. The Dalai Lama. So, this has been a monumental, historical week this week. Um, Kamala Harris, officially the first female, first black female US vice president. So she's, you know, in in the real position of power, you know, um, sworn in after, well, she was sworn in actually before Joe Biden, um, the new uh, 46th president of the USA. Um, and yeah, it was, it, I think it was, a, it was an amazing piece of history, you know, the way it all played out as well. Um, obviously, it was, it was different with all the soldiers, you know, got the place locked down fully, you know, so they couldn't, none of the, um, the Trump supporters from a couple of weeks ago could get anywhere near it. But I must say, even me watching it, I was, I was thinking, is something going to happen, you know, some way or, you know, somehow, because obviously, you know, things can still happen, you know, as, with as much security as you like. I, mean, I remember with, um, what was the, the president, Kennedy, when they, they, they shot him in his car, you know, so anything can happen. So, um, but I'm just glad it didn't. I'm glad it didn't, and it went down all, all fine. Um, Amanda Gorman's uh, piece of poetry and spoken word was amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, obviously, big things are, are going to happen for her uh, moving forward. Uh, you know, um, yeah, really powerful, really powerful piece. Um, but I've got to say, the highlight for me, the highlight for me, was watching um, Obama. You know, um, and Michelle come down the stairs, like everybody come down the stairs um, onto the balcony or, or the platform they was on. But just the swagger, the swagger that Obama has, and Michelle as well. But the way, it's the way how Obama walks. He, he walks like he, he just come off, a, um, like he just scored a three-pointer. <laughs> just like he scored a three-pointer on the basketball court, man. So, um, but yeah, um, that, had me, that had me cracking up. That had me cracking up, but yeah, it was it was really good, man. But the fact that um, you know there's, there's a black woman in in power in the, in that position of power, I think it's going to make a, a big difference to all the decision making going forward. Um, so I look forward to see how what America gets up to, you know, moving forward. I mean, the, the truth is, uh, Biden, he, it's going to be very hard for him to. Um, go through this presidency as you know, as 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 a bad president, because he's coming off the back of Trump. So he he would have to. I mean, can can anybody be as bad as Trump? You know, have a have a badder rep and a, you know. So so yeah, um, I, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be um, a good a good comeback, and a, they're going to do some some good things. You know, under the circumstances, because you know. We are living in a world of new, newfound chaos. So, but we see how that goes. But yeah, Kamala Harris. Um, yeah, 
very, very happy she's in, in the position she's in. You know, I'm not really into the politics of things, but, you know, being a black woman in that position is, is powerful for me. I see the pluses for that. Um, and, yeah, what was also funny was, was Trump using his, um, his, final, his final hours um, to use his, pre- his presidential privileges, i.e. using um, Air Force One to get him home to Florida. You know, um, that was that was hilarious because obviously, you know, the the man, you know, he should have manned up. And as much as he was fighting against the, the outcome of the election, he should have swallowed all of that and, and done the right thing and, and appeared there. But, you know, he used Trump to the end. Um, and yeah, he, he weren't having a bar of it. So that was quite hilarious. But um, he did, um, he done his pardons, you know, generally they, they pardon people during their presidencies. I don't know if it always happens at the end or, or whatnot, but, um, but he pardoned um, Kodak Black, you know, he, he's an American rapper, and, and Little Wayne as well, um, of their gun, their um, firearm charges, which was, which was interesting. So, so, yeah, that kind of... Because <laughs> I remember seeing uh, Little Wayne on stage with Trump and it was just odd like just recent just before um, the election I was, and I was thinking why would little Wayne be there but now this is now he's got the pardon obviously they had some conversation so um so yeah interesting um but also what else is interesting is um Trump and Bush um they they pardoned the least amount of people since uh, President Truman in 1953 so, so yeah, yeah, that, that, that's an interesting fact that will go down in history. Um, and, of course, uh, the impeachment process starts um, on the week beginning the 8th of February. So, yeah, the story, the story hasn't finished yet. The only thing, difference is, is that we, we're not getting to hear, hear um, Trump on, on social media because he's banned. So... So, yeah, so that's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see that. So he's going to be all over the news. We're going to have a little gap, but he will be all over the news again. Um, and somebody out in America as well, they won, uh, what, it's the second largest lottery win ever, a billion dollars. Can you imagine? A billion dollars. In, in, the winner is in, um, from Michigan. Um, but I didn't even know that uh, lotteries went up to that amount of money. A billion dollars. I mean, a million was crazy when we when these lottery things first started in the UK, but a billion, a billion dollars, wow. So, um, but yeah, it's what a time to become a billionaire though. Um, because, you know, as much <laughs> as much as you've got a billion dollars, not that I would turn it down, but as much as you've got a billion dollars, um, you're still in the pandemic situation just like everybody else. So um, kind of bittersweet. Um, but yeah, but congratulations to that person, man. It, it, that goes beyond life changing. Billionaire, that's, well, you know. So a, a lot of generations change off of the back of that. Should do anyway. Um, so yeah, bringing it back home though, to the UK. Um, uh, wedding. There was a wedding in Stamford Hill um, in Hackney, um, broken up by the police. They said there was about 150 people gathered there. Um, at the Orthodox um, Charadi Jewish School. Uh, police, police arrived there um, and basically issued, I think it was only five of the guests, £200 um, fixed penalty notice, and obviously they're looking for the organisers as well. 
Um, and the, the mayor, the mayor of Hackney, got involved. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Philip Flip, Flip Glanville. And said he was deeply disappointed um, that the wedding had taken place despite the number of lives um, that have already been lost in the Chiradi community across um, the borough. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's all communities, all walks of life, you know, people want to do what we've always done, you know, and so, yeah, this is just a, another, another story of that, pretty much. Um, but the... Yeah, I mean, gosh, I mean, there's, they, they, they've now upped the um, their fines to £800 for house parties. Um, that's been introduced to the UK now this week. Um, it kind of feels like they're prepping and getting ready for the summer, you know, the summer lockdown parties. Obviously, we had loads of summer lockdown parties um, last year. And, you know, I'm pretty sure they're, they're, they're going to happen this year. And it seems like they're just prepping for that and they want to, make sure they've got things in place so that they can, you know, deter people from doing it. But we'll have to see how that, how that works out. But they said um, they'll also uh, double it up each time for repeat offenders to the maximum of £6,400. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. And obviously the, the £10,000 fines for the people who are organising uh, events for people uh, more than 30 will still still remains at 10,000 but um yeah there's there's i mean there's parties going on now we're we're in the dead of winter there was a, a christmas party um in Kensington Kensington and Chelsea the police have just released the the footage of that um and yeah police got injured you know i think it looked like from the footage it looked like the police had come there and it was basically one way in, one way out, and the people just tried to rush through the police, and I suppose police got knocked down. But you know, they um, they still managed to uh, capture some people and find them, etc. So that'll be ongoing. Um, and there's been various parties, parties in um, Ladbroke Grove, Harrow Road, um, various places. But um, yeah, so let alone when it's summertime, you know. Uh, you know, I, th- I suppose the police now have to deal with people that are willing to do indoor parties. But in the summer, people, you know, you've got the risk of people doing indoor parties as well as outdoor events. Um, and to be fair, when it comes to outdoor events, if, if, if last year's anything to go by, it's limited to what the police can do. You know, if you've got loads of house parties, loads of block parties, for instance, with loads of people out, in various places, there's only so many um, police officers there. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting times. But um, in in Hackney and Tower Hamlets, um, over the period of two days, um, they they issued 140 fixed penalties and fines. Yeah, that that was like last week. Um, they, they that totaled to 39,000 pounds, I believe. So. A lot of revenues coming off of the back of this, um, which isn't, I don't know, I don't know how, how I feel. Well, I do know how I feel about that. It's, it's, it's not a good thing, but I, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's I, I wouldn't like to be in power, in control of stuff during this period. You know, you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, um, especially when you don't have the trust of, of, of certain um segments of the community so so yeah um challenging times for sure um and then there was i think in in leeds a couple of weeks ago just over a week ago there were people uh having snowball fights 
in Leeds and you know um, we've got the snow coming to London anytime soon I'm pretty sure um, and you know <laughs> I'm just thinking about me and, and, and my kids and my family um, snow, snow, snowball fighting is a is, is a is a standard thing, you know. Going, going, go, finding a hill and going down in a sleigh is standard, you know. But um, we'll, we'll have to curtail that somewhat. But then again, we'll, we'll probably have a snowball fight in the garden. I think that's that's legal. We won't get in trouble for that. Um, but yeah, strange times, strange times. Um, and yes, there was talk about the. £500 um, being given to people um, for self-isolating. Um, but that has been confirmed that that won't be happening. So it's, it's not true. Maybe they were talking about it, but it won't be happening. Um, which is, yeah, it's something that's been going around. I've got loads of memes and stuff around that. But yeah, there'll be no £500. Um, just trying to force you to isolate. That won't be happening. Um, what, what they have spoken about is the fact that they... They already give five hundred pound um, to those who are on low income. If you if you have to take time off work and you're on a certain level of income, you'll get five hundred pound for that reason anyway. So they haven't got any plans to change that at the moment. Um, an interest an interesting fact I found out this week as well is that um, they need eighty six is it eighty six around eighty percent of um, people to be vaccinated. Um, to have herd immunity. So, I mean, to be fair, if we was talking about mid last year, I would say that would be really challenging for them to get 80% of people in the UK vaccinated. But I think they'll be able to do that. I think more people, I mean, not everybody, there's loads of people that are, who are just not, not, you know, willing to to go down the, the route of um, being vaccinated. But I think there's enough people for them to hit that target. I don't know how long it's going to take because it seems like they're getting a bit short on the um, on the vaccines available. But I do think that they could hit that 80% of herd, herd immunity. So we just have to see um, how that kind of plays out. You know, if they, that theory of once they've got herd immunity, they'll be on top of things. Um, but one thing's for sure, I've said it before in, in, in earlier podcasts, I can't see... I mean, they've, they've kind of confirmed it this week as well, that um, we'll be living with this this virus for forever. You know, this would be something... That, I mean, they use the word forever. And, I mean, I hope they're wrong. You know, I hope there's a, a way around it. But I can't... I personally can't really see how um, we, we we could get around that, you know, so... But time will tell. Time will tell. I mean, and places like, I mean, Africa is has still, people haven't been vaccinated in Africa yet. And they haven't in Australia as well. Yeah, those are two places on the planet, I'm, I'm definitely sure, haven't been um, vaccinated yet. So, um, so yeah, but uh, I mean, it's, it's funny because I think, I think I said this before, you know, if, if we if they had started vaccinating people in Africa um, first, um, that would have been you know a problem. You know, a lot of people would have had problems with that. You know, in regards to conspiracy theories and things like that. Um, but the fact that you know they haven't vaccinated um, anybody in Africa at this point, uh, it's, it'd be interesting to 
have those conversations in regards to how people feel about that now, you know, because um, I'm sure there'll be there'll be some people in Africa that be will be actually thinking, what about us? How come we're not getting it yet? Strange. It's, it's very strange. Very strange. But yes, um, and in Germany, they are now um, changing up some of their facilities, converting some of their facilities, um, making extra rooms to basically detain people that have repeatedly um, broken COVID rules. So I've only heard about that happening in Germany, but it's, you know, when, when you hear about these, these kind of dra draconian uh, measures happening in, in various places, you, you have to be mindful of it because you don't know which one of the things that are happening outside of the UK, the UK is going to decide to adopt. So, um, but yeah, that, that, that sounded a little bit, um, yeah, a bit much. I mean, that's, that, so that goes beyond the fines. The, maybe the fine situation wasn't working out there, so now they're looking at detaining people, which will, um, yeah, be interesting to see how that pans out because that, that could take a lot of manpower, a lot of space. But yeah. But um, sadly, um, in Birmingham, um, a young, young boy, um, Keon Lincoln, um, was murdered, a um, 15-year-old boy. Um, he was attacked by a group of youths armed with knives. Um, you know, horrific. That you know, like I said, like I always say, any 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 death is 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 sad. And you know, but when it's when it's young people and it, you know, violent death as well. This is youth violence, which we've spoken about before. Um, so very sad. My heart goes out to the family and friends. Definitely. Um, but um, to date, a 14-year-old boy has been arrested um, on suspicion of murder and, and is in custody. And, um, and yeah, but my, my, my thoughts and prayers definitely go out to the family. Um, but, yeah, very sad. Um, yes, so, also, uh, Phil Spector, Phil Spector, music producer, um, he passed away in prison. This, this is a man who, um, he, he shot a woman. Um, many years ago um, and he was I think he was doing life in prison for that um, and the, the the BBC uh, put out their first report um, online in regards to him the, the, the headline was um, talented but flawed producer Phil Spector dies aged 81 which caused uproar obviously um, and but they quickly changed it to pop star producer jailed um, for murder, um, dies age 81. But obviously by then, it, it already caused the uproar already. But it's, it's just interesting to me um, how that could happen. You know, this is a man, he's obviously was talented, fair enough, um, but he's in prison for murdering a woman. I think he, he shot her to death. Um, so for anybody to type that up in that way it's like how how does that happen it just it just doesn't make sense to me so so yeah um and also it got me it got me thinking as well I'm wondering why he's because a lot of his songs you would you know you would have heard a lot of his songs and that you know they still get airplay but it has me wondering why his music and his art um hasn't been cancelled you know um in the same way like Michael Jackson's music's cancelled and Bill Crosby's art's cancelled. And I'm wondering if um, Weinstein's work will be cancelled, you know, all the movies that he was involved in. So 
time will tell. Um, but um, I'm not saying that I'm I'm pro cancelling um, people's art. Um, but you know, if you if you are going to do that sort of stuff, it should be across the board. You know, um, especially if people have been convicted and guilty. You know, being convicted of things such as you know murdering a woman. But yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there, there needs to be a bit of parity, I suppose, is what, is what I'm saying. Um, but on another note, a uh, drug lord um, arrested in Amsterdam um, today, um, Sir Che Lop, um, probably a little-known um, uh, drug lord to most people, um, Chinese-born um, Canadian national, um, one of the world's most um, wanted fugitives, actually. Um, and he he basically is the head of one of the biggest drug uh, gangs in the world called the company, um, otherwise known as the the grandfather syndicate. Um, and they say that he's that, well, they are responsible for seventy um, percent of all the drugs that um, go in go into Australia. Um, and uh, the, the the that organisation also dominates the um, seventy billion dollar. Um, drug market across Asia, so no small fry at all, you know. Um, and basically, Australia is now requesting that he gets extra extradited back to Australia. Um, and also, it's, it's been said that he, um, Sir Sir Chase um, Lop, is a bigger um, global player um, than um, El Chapo and um, Pablo Escobar, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, he, I'm sure there's, they've probably got to make a movie about him. They're definitely going to make a movie about him because so, a lot of people don't know about him and he's he's massive. But um, I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more about him as time goes on. But yeah, but saying that, he, you know, depending if they're able to hold him in custody because, you know, these, you know, these people are movers and shakers and stuff. Um, it kind of reminds me of, the story when uh, El Chapo was digging himself out of his well, dug himself out of his cell, um, and and tried to escape, but he got caught. But um, but yeah, these people have have means, um, and money is is nothing. But yeah, interesting story. Definitely going to look more into that um, for sure. And in and closer to home, um, there was a cannabis factory cl- um, found really close to the Bank of England. Over the last couple of days, um, they found about 800, 800 plants in there after somebody could smell um, cannabis. But obviously that, that part of the country now, you know, the financial um, part of the city is, is like a ghost town at this time because of obviously the lockdown and people working from home and stuff like that, city people working from home. So obviously somebody's taken the opportunity and, yeah, thought that would be a, a spot where they could do that. Um, but, yeah. It's, it's, it's obviously it's come on top for them now um, and it's the first time the police said it's the first time um, that anything of that kind has happened in the financial district so so yeah interesting I, I wonder if they'll find any more I wonder if I, I wonder who I mean they've got they've arrested two people um, for it I wonder if they're you know city people like people that work in the city are, you know I'm, I'm wondering what kind of space it would be in as well because as far as I know all of those those spaces they they they're not um they're not homes they're not you know these are commercial buildings you know so it'd be interesting to see what sort of building they decided to use 
So yeah, we'll hear a bit more about that. But um, but yeah, I'm just thinking about um, going back to Kamala Harris. Um, you know, just the fact that there's a man and a woman at the top. You know, in America, America being you know the the, the most powerful nation in the world, they say. So I just think it's really significant that it's a woman and a man. You know, that brings balance to 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 the head of of America in 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 many ways. Um, and then the fact that it's a black woman as well, you know, obviously she's she's mixed um, South Asian, but, you know, in the same way as Obama, you know, we spoke about Obama as our, our, the black president, you know, he, we never spoke about him in any other way. Um, this is why I talk about as, as, as the, um, a black woman. Um, but yeah, point being anyway, the main thing is, is the fact that she it's a woman and she's the first to do it, you know? And, you know, it's so, I think it's really significant. As I said, I'm not really, I'm not, it's not about the politics for me, but I made a real point of watching it with my youngest daughter and, and explaining to her the significance of the moment. Um, because, you know, from a, from an optics point of view, you know, my, my young daughter seeing that um, at 10 years old, that's her reality, you know? That's her reality. All, all she knows is she, her, she's not going to really remember a time when there wasn't a woman in such a powerful position. So, you know, unconsciously, she knows the sky's the limit, even though I let her know that anyway. But, you know, she's seeing it, you know, she's got a visual representation in her mind. So for me, it's those kind of positives I, I look for in, in, in these situations. Like I said, the politics, politicians are politicians, regardless of the colour, the gender, whatnot. They're, they're all politicians. They all do the same thing. But it is significant when you have a black president. It is significant when you have a black vice president. And, you know, <laughs> what a thing it would be if England um, was able to if that was able to manifest in the UK, you know? Um, I, I, I wonder if that's anything that I will see in my lifetime. I do think, I do think because, because of what America went through in regards to, um, you know, in regards to the Martin Luther King and the whole, that whole era, I think that, that era allows you know, a, a black president and it allows a, a black a female um, vice president. I think in the UK, we've got a different experience and, and, a, and a bit of a different setup. I think it'd be a lot harder. I, I don't, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But um, I can't, I, 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 yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to see it. I would love to. I hope I live long enough to see that, to be fair. Um, and yeah, I mean, to that point, you know, what came up this week as well is that um, only 1% of the UK, UK's uh, professors are black, you know, from an educational point of view. Um, so yeah, there's, you know, there's, so there's, there's still, I mean, I don't know what the statistics are in America, but there's still things like that that need to be addressed. So, you know, maybe hopefully that can let you understand why, I'm sceptical about how long, hopeful, but still sceptical about how long it would take um, that to be able to manifest in the UK. Um, 
they, so they said, uh, I think there's only 155 out of more than um, 23,000 university professors in the UK are black. 155 out of 23,000. Um, that's, that's kind of astonishing. Um, yeah, that's, 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 that number is um, really significant. So, yeah, hopefully things like that can change. Um, yeah, the, the Halima Begum, um, the chief executive of the Running Me Trust of Race Equality Think Tank, um, said that um, the, figures are, the figures are disappointing um, and inexplicable. Um, she even went on to say, um, given the sub- symbolic importance of education, as a foundation of our values is, you know, it's, it's something that needs to be addressed, you know, and something that needs to change. So hopefully those numbers will change. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. I wonder what, what, the, what the blockage is with that. What, what is that? Is that? Is that people not deciding that they want to be professors or is it something else? I, I don't know. I don't know enough about that to say. But yeah, very interesting, 155. Not a lot at all. Um, and Christina, Christina Ari, Ariel, um, she's going to be the new host of um, a new show um, called The High Republic Show, a Star Wars show, basically called The High Republic Show. Um, and she's been getting some racial abuse um, over Twitter um, after she she tweeted she tweeted something about. Um, about uh, the role white people play in upholding racism. Um, and yeah, off of the back of that, she, she got a torrent of abuse off of the back of that. But thankfully, um, there's, you know, the Star Wars people, you know, the people behind there have, have backed her and, and kind of, you know, really supporting her through that as they should. Um, so yeah, this is... I suppose this is just part part of the black experience, you know. Um, people people speak their point of view in in the best way that they can on the platforms that they can, and if it's not to the likings of of some people, um, that's the cause for them to start abusing you, you know, um, committing crimes really because racial racial abuse is a crime. It's not something that you can just do anymore, you know. Um, but obviously, if you're on Twitter. You can hide your identity and stuff like that. So chances of anybody being um, dealt with off of the back of that um, are probably slim to none. But however, I'm pretty sure um, Twitter can lock down accounts. After all, they if they can lock down the president's account, I'm sure they can lock down um, these outwardly racial um, bigots. Um, so, yeah. So hopefully um, it doesn't stop her in her tracks because it looks like she's onto big things. Working with Star Wars, um, you, you've got to be doing something right out there. So also I, I, watched, I watched a show um, earlier this week as well called See Here. Um, and it's, a, it's an old show. Uh, you know, it's an old show in regards to um, people with disabilities. But it got me thinking about um, what the experience must have been or might have been for, for blind people, um, blind black people during um, the BLM marches and stuff and the, the whole COVID thing over, over the past 12 months. So I, it's something that I never, I never thought of, 
Like, what would what, I wonder how they experienced it? So yeah, it just just kind of got me thinking um, about that. Um, but on a from a health perspective, there's a piece of kit that I've recently um, purchased. I, you know, I've I've been trying to encourage people to to invest. Um, it's called a, a pulse oximeter, and it's just a little gadget that clips on your finger. You probably remember it. You, well, you've probably seen it in hospitals. You know, generally, if you go to the hospital, you see people in hospital, you see them have a little contraption clipped to their finger. And basically, it measures their um, oxygen, oxygen levels. So I use it for training. So it allows me to make sure that I'm not getting too much rest and puts myself under pressure. So I use it in that sense. So, you know, I work really hard, put it on, don't let my heart rate go down because uh, my, my one shows the the heart rate as well as um, the oxygen levels but um yeah don't let my heart rate go down to a certain level and then continue training so that's how i use it but the oxygen um element of my one um lets you know how much oxygen your body's using um, if it's using it efficiently so basically your oxygen should be between 95 percent and 100 percent and if it goes um Below that, there's potential issues. Um, so there's a, there's a name for it. There's a name for the... I'm trying to remember the name for what it's called. But it's basically, it's a silent killer. And silent hypoxia, that's it. Silent hypoxia. Um, and it can kill you, you know, if it's not caught early. Um, so it kind of... And it only costs 20 quid. It's 20 pounds. Um, but it... In regards to the whole COVID situation, you know, where many people are, you know, what generally happens is people get diagnosed with stuff and then um, they can deal with it at home. But once they can't breathe, that's when they go to hospital. So why this piece of kit is useful for that side of things, and not just COVID, just any breathing situation, to be fair, but why it's good is because you can, you can know by using it, if your um, your oxygen levels goes be, be below ninety five, and you can call the ambulance a lot quicker, because what what they've said happens is um, often people call too late, you know, or they you know before the, the, the so basically if they if you call too late, there's only so much that the medical people can do. But if you've got one of these things and and you know you're getting a bit short of breath, at least you can monitor it, and you know if you call the ambulance, you can say, look, this is how much oxygen. It's reading on on my um, pulse oximeter. So, my suggestion is, it's only twenty pound. You can get them on Amazon. Twenty pound, twenty five pound. It's worth getting. You know, put it in your medical box. You know, you you got thermometers in your medical box and plasters and all that. This is potentially a lifesaver. And not to mention, well, as I mentioned in the beginning, it's a great tool for training as well for keeping yourself fit. So, um, anything to do with health and fitness, I'm all over it. You know, I'm all over it. So yeah, that's my um, that's my 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 two pence worth in regards to health and fitness. Um, so on another note, uh, this week we've had Storm Christoph, um, causing havoc. Um, two thousand people's homes in um, Didsbury and um, Northenden and Manchester, um, Bangor on Dee, North Wales, yeah, Merseyside. Yeah, there's various places over that side of the world have been affected. So, um, 
yeah, snow up there, floods, you know, it's, I really feel it for those people. You imagine going through all of that, you know, at any time, but during a pandemic as well. And, and you know, it's, it's a lot, man. So a lot of people are going to be, you know, not, not have homes um, for a period of time and, and then have to deal with the, the fallout after all that. So, yeah, natural disasters, man. You, there's only so much you can do. You know, the, the earth, the planet is going to do what it does. Um, just like in um, Sicily at the moment, Mount Etna, um, there's like spectacular volcano eruption. I haven't heard about a volcano eruption for a long time, to be fair. Um, you know, and I, as a kid, I, I remember that was, it kind of brings me back to primary school days. That, that was something, I think mo- you, you always ended up drawing things like that, like volcanoes. They were always quite fascinating to me. Um, yeah, so they do look they do look amazing, and and just the fact that they you know they just happen. There's nothing you can do about it. You know, once a volcano starts, you just gotta wait for it to finish. Um, but hopefully, there are not any um, casualties off of the back of that. Hopefully, it's far enough away from from people. But um, yeah, they are fascinating volcanoes, definitely. Um, Yes, so on the tech side of things, um, I found out about um, Section 230. Um, So Section 230, it it basically means that um, social media network, sorry, social, yeah, social media network platforms can't be sued for the content that's uploaded by the general public, basically. Um, So on the 6th of January, it was confirmed that it's going to be replaced so I don't know what it's going to be replaced with, but um, that's going to that's going to have some implications for for all of us. I'm I'm sure um, because we social media is is staple part of our lives at this stage, um, and also um, Joe Biden is not keen on many things that Facebook does, so. Yeah, so as time's going on, um, he, he may put some things in place that, that change up things. I think they, 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 they're wanting to break up um, these, these companies. I think they, they, there's a feeling that they're too big, too powerful, and stuff like that. So we'll just have to see how that all plays out. Um, I hope it doesn't have too much, too much uh, upheaval for, for you know, the users. You know, I hope, hope whatever they do, I hope it works out in, a, in, in, in the favour of, of the user. So, but yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. Um, but also on the tech side, um, streaming. Streaming's a lot of issues with this, this, the streaming situation. So on Wednesday, um, the executives of the big three major labels, that be Sony, um, Warner and Universal, um, they are uh, having they, well. They're appearing in front of MPs um, for the third session of the hearing, and yeah, there's you know uh, what was it? What's the singer's name? Paul Paul Newman. Paul Newman's an old eighties um, singer. Um, he sung um, Cars um, many 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 years ago. But um, he was speaking about the fact that he for a million streams. For a million streams that he's had, he got paid £37. £37 for a million streams. So, you know, it's, it's, as I think I've said it before as well, you know, there's a, there's a lot of artists now, obviously there's, there's a limitation to where they can make their money from. So they're looking at, you know, their, their bank statements more, whereas before they, you know, they was making so much money they didn't think to look. Um, so now they're seeing how minuscule that money 
it is that they're getting from streams and and obviously the the world is you know it's a streaming situation now you know people are not getting to perform you know um buying hard copies of stuff um so yeah so um even people like Nile Rogers he he's he's speaking about it that um Sheik's um lead man lead guitarist um Nadine Nadine Shah um these people have been giving evidence um, in front of these MPs um talking about you know something needs to change you know they they need to be getting more money for their art and and me personally rightfully so you know these these are the creators of the content obviously there are um music you know if they're signed to labels you know they they need to get paid as well but 37 pound for a million streams that 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 don't sound right at all at all um but the the executives um pretty much saying that they you know they they they're being the people that are 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 making the music are getting the right amount they're supposed to be getting and the executives are getting the right amount that they feel they should be getting they feel like it's it's fair because of the risk um that's involved in in their from their perspective i e the um the the money that they give up front to the artists and things like that and the artist development and the marketing and the dis- distribution and things like that so this is why they think they're justified in doing it um i would have thought a better tactic <laughs> would have been to say okay let's even it up a bit but they they're not even going at that they're just no we think it's okay so it's going to be interesting how that works out but at the end of the day if people are creating content the creators should get the lion's share of their the revenue coming off of the back of that. It just seems only right to me. So um so yeah we'll we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. Um so I watched I watched a couple of things this week. Um on BBC One um I watched them I Can't Breathe um Black and Dead in Custody, a panorama show. Um it was it spoke it had a a couple of stories on there. One being Kevin Clark, um, a young man um, with who had a mental health episode, and um, Sheku Bayo, um, who who died um, after after he. It was said that he he stamped on a police officer, um, which turns out never happened. Um, so the, there was two police officers um, involved in the situation, and they. And, and they actually showed the footage as well. They showed the footage of this. Um, but they they said that... Because, okay, so um, Sheku, he he was... I think he was drug-induced. He, he was he was high on something. Um, and the police come to, to get him on the street. Um, and he, he hit the policewoman. You could see the video footage of this. He hit the policewoman. Um, and the policewoman went down on the floor. And then the police attacked him. And he ended up dying off of the back of that. But what the police said is that um, he didn't just punch her. He, he stamped her, a stamping attack on the floor and, and, and all these things, a sustained stamping attack. Um, but it turns out that that didn't happen. And actually, there was a, a witness um, watching it um, from a window. Um, and obviously, you can see on the footage as well. It's quite blurred, but you can see it, it, it didn't go down like that. So, so yeah... Um, that that is still going through through the legal channels in regards to that um very 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 sad situation i mean like i said not condoning the fact that he did hit the policewoman 
but I'm, but the fact that they felt the need to embellish the story and, and, and make it sound more than what it is to justify why they ended up killing him um, was, yeah, disgusting to say the least. Um, but yeah, but the, the, what was even sadder though, I mean, both were sad because their deaths in custody and, you know, they shouldn't have happened. But what was really sad for me was um, with, with Kevin Clark because, you know, when you see the footage of, of this, this was a man who was ill, you know, um, and when they first spoke to him, he he was he was fine, um, you know. But I think it was like twenty minutes later, they they came back. They spoke to him. He was fine. They had a chat with him, and he was fine. And they left him. He said he was just chilling. They was asking like, "What are you doing here?" And he said he was just chilling. They said, "Oh, well, we're not going to nick you for just chilling." And they left him. But then they had to come back because he started to have an episode, maybe twenty minutes or so later. But when they come back, he was rolling around on the floor obviously in distress, you know, not hurting anybody, not bothering anybody. Um, and, and yeah, and the various things happen. You know, you really have to, you really have to watch it. But in a nutshell, he, he, he started to um, get even more agitated and their way of dealing with it was let's cuff him, let's bind, bind his feet together and let's try to get into the van, you know, with no real care you know, at the end of the day, this man was a patient at that point. He, this, this wasn't a criminal, you know, hadn't done anything wrong, hadn't touched anybody, hadn't done anything. But the way how they dealt with him was like he was a criminal. Um, and yeah, and didn't, there was no due care in the situation and he ended up dying, you know. It's so sad, so, so sad. Um, but yeah, this, these, and this was, you know, and you, there was even footage of him saying that he can't breathe and this was before George Floyd ironically and I didn't hear about this I, I, I had no clue about this um, but as I said this happened before George Floyd and he, and he was saying he can't breathe too and, and now he's not here so yeah um, these things these things happen um, too often once is too often to be fair um, but yeah the, these things definitely need to be addressed and hopefully the family the family of both of these men um, get justice now, now that, you know, the facts are out there. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But earlier I was, I was speaking about um, me watching the show um, to see here. Um, so the, the, sh the show that kind of triggered me to think about, um, think about uh, blind people um, was this show. Um, and it, but this was about dismantling racism. And it was really focused on um, the deaf community and their experiences with racism. Um, and again, I never thought about that. I never thought about how does this whole period of time affect, you know, deaf people and, and racism and, and stuff like that. So, so yeah, it's, 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 a, it's worth watching, you know. It, you know, it gives you an insight into... Into, into people's lives that, you know, that maybe we don't rub shoulders with every day, but, you know, they, they, they're living and going through the same stuff and, and different stuff, you know, but some, some quite similar stuff. And obviously communication is, is different for them. And it's just different, but it's, it's interesting. Sad, sad as well, but it's, it's, it's interesting nevertheless um, because this is, this is the human existence, you know? Some of us are blind, some of us have disabilities, some of us can't, you know, can't hear. Um, but you still have to deal with bigotry, you still have to deal with um, COVID, you know? There's, you still have to deal with stuff, so, yeah. 
um, gives you a little bit more empathy towards people when you when you see shows like that, you know. Um, and then as well, also lets you know how how much worse your situation could be. You know, that's another thing as well. Um, but yes, um, but in regards to books, um, there's a new book out um, as of this week. Um, this is why I resist. Um, Don't define my black by Dr. Shola. Dr. Shola Mossog Bamimu, and I know I probably haven't pronounced that correctly. If you're listening, Doctor, my apologies. Um, but yeah, Dr. Shola, that is her new book. Um, it's basically it's, it's an unfettered call to anti-racism and um, anti-racist action by the activist and political commentator um, and public speaker Dr. Shola so that would definitely be interesting me powerful black woman powerful black woman I, lo- I love seeing her when she, she often comes on um, Good Morning uh, Britain and gives Piers Morgan um, a good a good a good lesson in in how to behave you know she she really gets him under manners you know and really gets her point across um in a very assertive way you know um and it's always it's always nice to see you know a strong black woman um getting her point across in in an assertive way and you know just saying saying her thing you know um so yeah definitely to be respected so definitely a book I'll be purchasing and and find seeing what that's what she's, you know, the content that she's put together there. So, um, so yeah, um, if you, I mean, we're, we're all going through a lot. It's the beginning of the year. Um, the year has started off, you know, a continuation of, of, of last year, obviously. Um, there has been a lot of, um, a lot of bereavement this year already, you know, and we're not even through, we're not even, um, through the through the end of this month as as much and it seems to be going quite quick but there's been a lot of bereavement I've I've heard a lot of people going through a lot of stuff um, a lot of families multiple things in, in in families as well um, a lot of people isolating um, and I just I just hope and I just hope and pray that you know more people make it through this year than than last year you know and we we get on top of things. Um, but yeah, my, my thoughts and prayers go out to everybody who's lost somebody in the last 12 months. Um, and yeah, we just got to look after ourselves, you know. We've got to look after ourselves, do what we can do. There's things that are in our control and there's things that are not in our control. Um, and if I can bring anything within the podcast to, 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 to help us take control of our situation a bit more, um, I will. Um, and hence why I spoke about that um, the oxygen meter. Um, so yeah, we there's things that we can do. So we're not we're not totally helpless in this situation, as as we know, you know. And I, I just think every day we need to think about more things that we can do, you know, and and look for the opportunities out there because there there are lots of opportunities, as I keep saying. So we've got to look for them. So hopefully you can find somebody um, who who hasn't uh, listened to Pablo's podcast um, and share it with them at least one person, if you could share it with one person, that'd be great. Um, and hopefully that it can bring some value to them as well. Um, so thank you again for choosing Pablo's podcast today. And hopefully you can join me in the next one. Until then, take care and be nice to each other. Thank you for listening to Pablo's podcast. 
I'm Pablo from Hackney, and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion.